0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phileas Club. This is episode number, I absolutely know what number it is. It's number 170. We're in August 2021. Uh, COVID is still not uh, gone, apparently. And we have a lot of other things to talk about. Uh, My name is Patrick Beja, and on this show, we cover the news from around the world with people from around the world. Imagine that. And uh, we get their take on what's been happening in their neck of the woods and uh, how the the news has been reported on uh, essentially is the angle we try to take but really it's like our impressions on uh, how things have been going and how it's interpreted in our part of the world as opposed to maybe your part of the world and hopefully that gives a little bit of a um, a, a different view on those same topics. However, I do believe that we're going to have a somehow uniform uh, view of, of things uh, This for this episode. As I said, I'm Patrick Beja. I am in Finland currently, but I'm also French, so I follow the news from there. And uh, I'm very happy to welcome back Matthias to the show. How is it going, Matthias, from Germany?
1: Hello, Patrick. Do you know the meme of the dog sitting in a burning room saying, this is fine? Because <laughs> this is how I've been feeling for the last few months. So to answer your question, it's going fine. Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, I, I might have at least on some of the topics we're going to cover uh, a little bit. I, I've, I'm trying to look out for the positive aspects of things. Um, so we'll see if I manage to, you know, maybe douse down the fire a little bit in your room where it's fine. Um, And I'm also very happy uh, to welcome back someone who has evidently been on the show before, but it's been so long, I didn't even remember. Uh, John Beck is with us. How's it going, John? Uh, I'm doing well,
2: Patrick. Thank you for uh, not remembering me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I remember you very well. I just don't, you know, everything before my first child was born is essentially non-existent. Um so that's yeah, that's the excuse I'm, I'm going to
2: take. And to give you any sort of credit it it was in in the aughts that we actually
0: right. <laughs> did any podcasting
2: <laughs> together so it's been quite some time. Uh
0: and you're based in the US on the east coast um and uh, can yeah, you as tell-
2: about as west of the east on the east coast as you can get I'm in the uh, Pittsburgh area.
0: Okay so uh western east coast is how yep. we're going to we're going to coin it. Um and uh, yeah, I you know what we're just we're just gonna jump in. Thank you uh, very much, John, for being on, and of course, thank you, Matthias, for for being on again. Um, I think there are really two topics that uh, kind of make sense to cover from a worldwide point of view, and that's COVID and and Afghanistan. And I, I'm gonna try, and as I said, uh, give you a somewhat positive outlook on what's happening on the COVID front. Um, I think it's not really useful to remind everyone what's been happening. Essentially, it, it is encompassed in the meme, uh, my Fall plans with a picture on one side and then the, the Delta variant with another picture, much more dramatic on the other side, uh, the meme that's been going around. I'm guessing this summarizes the situation for, for everyone. Uh, I, I'm going to ask John first, but uh, I'm sure I know what the answer is.
2: Um, it's it is. I I feel like I've had like the best and worst few years of my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's so many things that were beneficial of the past uh, year or so, and so many things that were horrible. Mental health is really not great. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, on on a serious note, uh, we just just found out uh, my uh, my 81 year old mother in law who is vaccinated. Um, has COVID. Oh. Um, it seems to be knock on... I was going to say wood. I was like bamboo. Oh, no, bamboo's wood, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, knocking
0: on wood for, for you, so you're good.
2: Thank Um So it, she's... She's, like, got a lot of congestion, but her blood pressure issues and her fever issues seem to have come down quickly, so I'm hoping that... You know the the what seems to be happening and that if you get if you do happen to get covid with the vaccine that it is much less intense um we're just crossing our fingers that that is uh how it's gonna end up for her, but mm. it was literally like in the last two days that this happened
0: wow okay um well, so this kind of leads me into my my positive uh view on everything um which i i'll I'll make a note here that matthias when i I talked to him. For being on the show a few days ago last week, he was like, you know, if you're, if you're not feeling great, because I had been complaining on Twitter that I'm, you know, not feeling great about many things and I don't sleep because I have two small children and all of that. He was like, well, maybe you shouldn't do the show because everything is horrible or I'm sorry, uh, everything's fine. <laughs> in, in yeah i'm sorry was i LPSG? supposed to make
2: you feel better
1: <laughs> no but i was only trying to say that if you invite me on in the show i might have not anything positive to say because everything is fine yes so right.
0: i i agree i agree but the thing is um if that is the approach I, I take to the show then i might as well stop the show because it's you know it's always fine everything's fine um but but yeah no i, I thank you and everyone who's been uh, answering my my distressed tweets uh with nothing but kindness and uh, and looking out for me but um but yeah the 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 reason i think things aren't as bad as uh we get the impression is that you know we as the collective we of humanity developed the vaccine in record time And this is a vaccine, a type of vaccine, the mRNA vaccine, that can be um, replicated for other viruses and and certainly other variants very, very quickly, much quicker than other, the traditional type of vaccine, which require, you know, I'm not going to go in. I'm not a a doctor or researcher, but it's uh, much quicker to do that. Uh, They're even testing uh, this type of vaccine uh, for AIDS, which is, you know, as a person who grew up in the 80s and 90s, completely mm. mind-blowing. Like the idea that we could have a vaccine against AIDS, a vaccine for AIDS is is like it's like you're talking about a parallel universe in the Marvel, you know, universe or something. It's like no, this is not our world. That, that cannot happen. It cannot exist. So already the fact that this technology came to fruition at the right time now is incredible. And the second part of this is, especially with the Delta variant, imagine if we hadn't had this vaccine, if we hadn't gotten it as quickly as we did. um, Now, essentially, what the Delta variant means is we're continuing more or less how we have been doing in the past year, which admittedly is not great. But um, if we hadn't had the vaccine, it would have been like, uh, the, the kind of pandemic that we imagine in movies. It's so contagious and so much worse um, that, as you said, John, it at least mitigates the symptoms and the severity of the of the illness on top of uh, potentially protecting you more than, you know, obviously more than if you didn't have a vaccine. So I really think there's a, a, a silver lining that is not even just a silver lining. We're actually... As bad as the situation is, I think we're actually kind of the, the, the glass half empty way of seeing it is we're avoiding the worst, but I think we're being saved because the Delta variant and maybe another variant is going to show up at some point and it's going to take a few months to develop a new vaccine that works against that if it is too potent or if it evades uh, the current uh, uh, protections, but... It's like we're, we're actually, this is what kind of winning against such a, a, a horrendous pandemic looks like. Um, herd immunity might not be achievable anymore because of the, the Delta variant or not in the short term. But the protections that were afforded by this, uh, uh, this, this vaccine are very easy to understate. I feel. And that's a fault of our, that, that creates a lot of mental anguish. And of course, you know, it, it that consideration doesn't necessarily help the people who are in, in, in very dire situation. And certainly, uh, John, I, I would pray for your mother-in-law if I was, uh, I, let's say I, I'm sending a lot of good th- thoughts, but yep. it's, you know, it doesn't help the people who are in difficult situations, but I think it's also important to not, uh, forget about that aspect of the whole thing. Um,
2: yeah, it's hard to like. You know, I know, like I believe the vaccine is doing great. Um, I think I know that there's the that that insurmountable, uh, not insurmountable, but there's that the the Delta variant is what it is, right? It's as mm-hmm. bad as it is, and and yeah, we wouldn't be nearly as uh, uh, we would be much worse if uh, we didn't have the vaccines. But how much of it, it the badness is? is the other side uh, of the sort of polarizing view of science right now. And, uh, and, and, and I don't know, I'd love to hear from, you know, the two of you from outside of the United States of how polarized is it there as compared to the United States where half the country thinks the vaccines are evil.
1: I was about to ask if I'm allowed to throw wrench in your argument there, Patrick, because uh, (laughs) it seems like a reoccurring theme for a lot of countries that the vaccination campaigns are now slowing down and uh, that a lot of people are opposed to taking the vaccine, um, not only to uh, protect themselves, but also to protect others who can't get the vaccine for medical reasons, for example, Mm -hmm. or all the children who um, the vaccine is not... uh, the, the, there's like not enough research they, on yep. children mm, to allow them yet. to get vaccinated yeah, fully tested. So um, at least for us in Germany, it seems we're stuck around the 60% fully vaccination number and the rest of the country says, nope, nope, not getting it. You, you, screw you, I'm not getting it.
0: Really? That's that, uh, that's surprising um, that, you know, in Germany, it seems now you're at uh, 64 vaccinated, uh, uh, at least one dose so and, and it has been tapering off um, yeah in in France there are you know like demonstrations against the vaccine and and stuff like that um, but we are at 70 percent with one dose and it's not it's slowed down a little bit but it's not stopped um but there are like you know 200,000 people in the streets every weekend saying we don't want the vaccine and we don't want the the essentially health pass which is a thing you have to show when you go in an enclosed space to show that you're either vaccinated or you've you've had a recent test um but i think uh, the the way i look at it at least in france and it was you know pretty horrendous the way uh people reacted to all of this once we got the vaccine i have to say the thing i didn't see coming was that, you know, I've been tweeting about this, the magical cure, which is obviously not magical. Like It's a lot of hard work, but we have a tool to defeat it. And it's incredibly simple, incredibly efficient. And the thing I didn't see coming was people saying, nope, I don't want it. It's like, okay, uh, you have a 50% chance of getting the thing and then, you know, good chance of dying if you do. Yeah, but I don't want it. And that I did not it didn't enter my consciousness and before the delta variant it wasn't as bad that people didn't want it because we had a way of mitigating it but the delta variant changes all that like we we need to vaccinate everyone i think like if tomorrow governments were to announce okay well party's over everyone has to get vaccinated i, I was hesitant before because i would think you know how do you actually implement that like do you get people by force, you know, with a jab in their, like, go get them in their houses. Like, that. that's not practical, uh, obviously. But I think now I'm thinking, well, yeah, now we need to. Um, well, not, we don't need to go and get them in their houses, but at least get the vaccine uh, mandatory maybe at some point. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. In France, we've been, as I was saying, uh, having a lot of demonstrations against it. But when we say a lot, it's like two hundred thousand people in the street, maybe you know three, four, five times as many, actually don't want the vaccine. That's one million people, as opposed to you know in a population of seventy million. um so I think it's very easy to get a distorted view of that and think that, oh, half the people don't want it um when it's a, it's a smaller minority. But looking at the numbers in, in the US and in, in Germany, it certainly has been slowing down significantly, it seems. So I, I, and I, I don't
1: know. I can only talk for Germany in this case, but uh, even before Covid even was a thing, the number of anti-vaxxers or people critical to vaccinations has been rising over the last decade or so. For example, measles is something you can easily vaccinate against, but for some reason a lot of um, parents decide, no, we don't want our children to have a vaccination against the measles in the last few years with Mm. like these crazy ideas. We do a measles party, so one child has measles, we all get them together, get them all infected so they may have the illness and then we don't need to vaccinate them. Like those crazy ideas have been on the rise for a few years now. But that has now. to be
0: anecdotal, right? Um, that that has to be you know a handful of crazies. That you always have crazies for everything. Like there are people who believe the Earth is is flat, like genuinely believe the Earth is flat. So if you're going to, it went look from for these...
2: crazies to a movement. Mm. Like you know you have you know it was like, God, I don't even even just five years ago it feels like anti vaxxers was like an incredibly small minority of people. Um, you know, you've got a couple celebrities um and and everyone was like, no, they're nuts And now it I, and I feel like it's sort of backdoored into this through the anti-masking movement and mm. now into anti uh, vaccinations and it's just huge and there's lots of reasons, but it clearly is nothing. I mean, obviously it's fear based, but it's political and it's not actually backed by anything, because as even now, the vaccines have been uh, FDA approved in the United States. The reasoning why, which used to be, well, it's not FDA approved, so Mm. it can't be safe now that it's, quote unquote, safe. They've moved the goalpost, and it's a different reason now. So it is it is much more than. Anti-vaccination itself, I feel like it is a movement of people who that is a sort of tool of like anti-government, uh, anti-basically don't change my life, even
1: though, sorry, reality is changing. And just to answer your question, Patrick, um, that those parties may be anecdotally, although I've heard a lot that a certain um, cities are, or parts of certain cities like Berlin are famous for the alternative lifestyle <laughs> eco crazy p- parents who do this but uh, at least for the number of vaccinations and on measles there are statistics uh, that clearly show that the number of people vaccinated against measles is declining mm-hmm. and a few years back there was an urgent call from the government or health officials who say we're dipping below the herd immunity level uh, we are in clear danger of um, Getting back the measles uh, if, you're, yeah. if we don't uh, counter this uh, not getting vaccinated trend. So at least that one is not yeah. anecdotal.
0: Mm. Well, I think we'll, we'll see what happens in the fall and when we get them. I, I don't know. I don't know. You've managed uh, to, to set me back a little bit in my. In okay, my wait, wait, positive. wait. Patrick, Patrick.
2: <laughs> what What blessing has come to your life out of? the changes that the pandemic has brought?
0: Well, my life hasn't changed a lot. I I already live like a hermit in the middle of the forest. Uh, So I guess everyone knows what it is to live like me now. I don't know, but I'm happy. You know, I I don't like people. I I often say I'm I'm happy living away from everyone. So um, blessings, honestly, I wouldn't go as far as to say that there are blessings. Uh, It's mostly not great things. Um, Uh, silver
2: linings whatever
0: well i think the 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 mrna technology the advancement, the advancement there um and and the it's not a blessing obviously because it's fighting the thing that we need to fight but the vaccines even with people who don't get vaccinated and even with the fact that herd immunity might be unattainable now um we still have the vaccine which protects us from uh that that pandemic you know as Bad as things are, if we didn't have the vaccine, it would be obviously, you know, with the the contagion levels of the delta variant, it, we would all have the the you know we would all be sick, right? It, it yeah. would have spread already through the whole world, and now we're still at levels that are manageable, and and the what we're looking at, even with the people who don't want to get vaccinated. Is enough people are, and I'm sure it will continue. Hopefully, um, enough people are that the the um, the progression of the pandemic has slowed down a little bit. And even if the, the if COVID is there to stay, uh, hospitals have the bandwidth to deal with the extreme cases because they're uh, less numerous and uh, and less severe in in many cases. So I'm still somewhat a little bit maybe optimistic i think
2: well okay. here's here's my silver lining it, i i think the one big thing that has come out of it this has been the the cultural conversation around mental health has taken a huge leap forward mm. obviously still not where i want it to be but i feel like we've never been closer to really battling the stigma around mental health and getting people to just have a conversation about it because everybody <laughs> <laughs> is learning what many people feel like on a day-to-day basis because mm-hmm. of the isolation and everything that they've been going through.
0: I have to say that's something that seems... Uh, I, I see a lot in uh, English-speaking circles in the U.S. especially, but not as much in France. Mental health is still like... We don't even... Like the term mental health in French would be santé mm-hmm. mentale, which which has a connotation of craziness, you know? like. Sure. That that kind of thing, and uh, I was. It's funny. I, I did an editorial in for my French shows just a few uh, days ago, talking about the the challenges of you know, the, all of the you know, I'm that uh, that other meme of waves, indescrib like all around to all of this, like the challenges of all of this, and having children and the the job that being an independent, you you don't have you know you don't stop, uh, you don't have paid times right. time off stuff like that. And I was talking about mental health, and and that's what I was talking about. It was like in France, we don't really talk about it. Like, it's not a topic of conversation. So I feel like in that aspect, uh, the U.S. is a little bit more advanced than we are at this stage. But uh, things are are changing here as well.
1: Let me ask a question, though. Uh, If people are talking more about it, if if it's more uh, visible to uh, the public... Is there also enough help for people who seek help? Does your mm-hmm. healthcare system... Uh, is, is your that's healthcare a, system that's
0: to a trap. Yeah, I mean, that's a trick the health, question. Yeah. The healthcare <laughs> system hasn't changed, obviously, right? <laughs> no, but, no, 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 um, no, no,
1: no. That's not a trick question because I was going to say um, there has been a lot of talk in Germany about this as well. But even if you recognize, yes, I am depressed, I have problems, I need help you still have to wait a very long time to get help because there are still not enough healthcare professionals for uh, psychology and te- therapy that's uh, I, and well, that's the main issue i think the remote there.
2: working issue um is poised to revolutionize that maybe like it's it's poised it doesn't mean it's going to happen but i think the fact that you know everyone's we're on zoom calls everyone wants to telehealth here and they were taking all of their like from their regular doctor's appointments to their psychiatry appointments all over the internet. Um I think moving to a place where that is the norm and that becomes acceptable and um and insurances hopefully you know obviously have to pay for it. But um I think I think we're finally we're seeing sort of the possibilities. I I obviously am pessimistic that it'll necessarily come to fruition, but there is a world, a future that could happen where, you know, you don't, you know, if you live in rural areas, you actually have access to a ton of healthcare providers. Whereas all the healthcare providers in the United States, um, they're centered in, 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 you know, in urban centers. And as you start to get out towards the rural areas, you, you're, I mean, you're getting prescriptions for like anti-antipsychotics or
0: whatever from your local family medicine doctor, and mm. it is weird. <laughs> I, I will say also that I think like professional help treatment is obviously something that is needed in in some cases, but it's also important to remember that the awareness of issues of mental health doesn't necessarily lead to professional help for everything. In all cases, I think there's a lot of, you know, the 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 considering mental health in the same way that you consider body health in in that, you know, you exercise and you pay attention to what you eat, maybe. And, you know, it's just self-care. And in the case of mental health, it, it can be, OK, I need to take breaks. I, I shouldn't work nonstop all the time or I should make sure that I you know uh uh, go do something fun every once in a while that kind of uh realization of course not discarding the importance of um you know socialized medicine and and professional help but um noting that it's it it, that's step two i feel or or one of the two steps Mm -hmm. you have to take the other is also very important um
2: yeah absolutely
0: all right uh Let's talk about the other fun topic. I don't. I haven't made a decision on how I feel on the first one yet. So let's do the second one. Uh, <laughs> the, the, so yeah, Afghanistan. Um, where to even begin? I. So I'll start here. Um, my wife, as I think many other people in the world were, very depressed at. Uh, what happened in the past couple of weeks. Very depressed. Um, And her... The way she summarized it, like the most important thing to come out of it, out of um, obviously, you know, not discounting the the issues that the Afghan people themselves are are facing and are going to have to face uh, for the foreseeable future... Is the fact that no one will trust the U.S. again, um, and that might be surprising as a takeaway from some. For some, but it's it's kind of wait. They trusted them in the first place. There was yes, you know, as cynical as as people can be, um, there are there's still the the feeling that the u.s n- not quite can be trusted but at least will act in it the interest of it and its allies and what it feels like now is they're going to say something and they're going to and i don't know I, I i cynical people are going to say oh but uh, you could never trust the u.s to begin with and uh what did uh, what kind of idiot are you that you did or but but I think that's a, a a loaded view. I think there is. A, a, I'm not going to get into that. The, the, it, it did exist that sentiment that well. If they if they say something, they're going to stick to it, and and at least you can because this is. Here's where it comes from for my wife and and for some people. I think it 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 is a sentiment that is stronger. For some people who are in certain situations, and for my wife and people in Finland, it relates, of course, as do most things in the geopolitical arena, to Russia. Um, because mm-hmm. if the U.S. shows up and stands at gr- its ground, then you can trust that at least the U.S. will um, will will you know stand up to Russia. And if they don't, as they have withdrawn from Afghanistan um there's always the danger that Russia poses is that little bit bigger um and so there's there's I've been talking about this on and off on the show but uh Finland is in the process of buying something like 60 fighter planes which is a ridiculous amount for the the <laughs> size of the country um but that is to make sure that you know you carry a big stick even when you speak softly um mm-hmm. with 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 Russia and and of course, it's not for Russia. It's not, oh, no, of course. You know, it's just, well, we need a strong defense, just, just in case, who knows? Um, and now there was a um, discussion about getting American planes or uh, I think France was in the running as well and Sweden is also in the running. And it seems like now American planes are out of the, of the conversation or will be because you can't trust them to, you know, do things like s- send the spare parts. And like, you don't know. You just you just don't know. You just can't uh, trust them. And of course, Sweden has a vested interest in making sure that Finland doesn't become Russia, because then Russia is at the door of Sweden. Uh, so in that way, you can trust them a little bit more. But So not to discount the importance of what's happening in Afghanistan for Afghanistan, of course. This is kind of, I think, a feeling that is felt in a lot of places, and the debacle of, of the retreat from Afghanistan is, um, you know, there's...
2: But what is the debacle of the retreat? Is it the retreat or is it how it's happening? Like, it, what what should be in, like, in, in your wife's mind, like, what, what should be the path forward? Is it America colonizes, you know, or I would maybe, what people would say, continues to colonize Afghanistan? Like, what... What should we be doing differently?
0: So that's the interesting thing, right? Because there's no easy, good solution. Um, right. and, and I think the argument, um, the logical argument is, well, America went in to get bin Laden. And and that was the goal. It, it's not like Iraq where the going in was, you know, at the very least questionable. Afghanistan was, yeah. was justified. It, it was hosting... It, you have to remember, and it's crazy that some people might listen to this show and not have been alive when it happened, but, you know, oh, God. The, the, the 9-11 attack was something that could not go unanswered. And so, yeah. of course, that happened and Afghanistan was, was where he was. And so the, the, the country was invaded, essentially, or the war started. And... The reality is, if you stay, it's essentially nation building, which is a fancy word of saying colonizing, right? But not really, but it's nation building. But the thing is, I think yeah. the, the those things are both true and no one wants a country to be colonized nowadays. Well, not no one, but you see my meaning. But the reality of, the, of it is, if you go in, even if it is to get bin Laden, then you have to stay. Not for 10 years, not for 20 years. You have to stay for 50 years. And once you're certain things are stable and you have built a, a functioning democracy, then you can leave. And of course, there's no guarantee that you can build a functioning democracy. And we've seen how it's gone in, you know, all, many different places. Hey, but and still. Yeah, we
2: this went in less than a month.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. so what's your what's your your take on it? Because it, what I'm seeing is might it might be uh, biased, but I'm seeing a lot of people are very unhappy with Biden, and and specifically for this move.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone wants to. This is everyone's unhappy. Like that's in the end. It's like if if we stay, we're unhappy, and, and if we if we leave, we're unhappy. Um, I. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> like, I really don't know, and, and I try to sift through the political BS that is mired in with the news, um, and, and try and figure it out, and and the best, the best that I can tell is, this is a problem that w- was created, you know, basically in, uh, uh, you know, right after 9-11, when, when our, government our congress gave the president carte blanche to go to war forever with no oversight like like there's nothing and and we've been there doing these things ever since with no you know realm of you know no like possibility or even thought of of really stopping it and um there was an article and i don't particularly like this uh uh uh, newspaper, but the the New York Post, which is fairly right leaning, had a a sort of editorial by a general, um, sort of talking about what went over there, and basically his point was that we he suggested that we should have had a tax like from the beginning and funded the war through a tax on the American public and keep the American public actually essentially connected and paying directly for this so that there's some level of accountability. Um, and, and so that, so there is the realm of, we should have gotten out of the sooner or no matter what, what we made those, the choices that we made in that first year have made this inevitable and had made the exit as horrible as what's happening now, pretty much what was going to happen. Mm. Um, so just to, just to, uh... I don't know, just to quickly address what you, your concept, uh, or not concept, but, but the, the statement of, uh, like 50 years, like, I don't know. That sounds scary as crap. And it's like, okay, it, 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 how do we choose between going back in time and fixing how we got here <laughs> or waiting 50 years and hope that it we meet some threshold that no one can even define?
0: Yeah. I, I, well, we're already 20 years in, so there was only 30 left. It would have been very easy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, honestly, seeing how it's evolved in the past 20 years... I don't know that thirty more would have would have helped, and that's also the reality of, of yeah. the situation. But one thing that's interesting in what, in what you're saying is, um, I, and it's pretty obvious, but I'm wondering how the perception of this is in the U.S. It's a it's a money issue, right? Like the war, the the continued occupation is costing a lot of money, and that's what's prompting the, the you know the withdrawal.
2: Um, I I wouldn't say it's a money issue. I, I think the uh, the comment about making putting a tax paying, i mean, obviously you have to pay for this—but it's the I think the comment of that this general made about taxing the American public specifically for the war is to keep them connected and keep them caring yeah. about it. Um, and and that's the thing. We, we it's just something. It's well, one of the YouTubers I watch, um, uh, every now and then for an interesting perspective on this is like, was it Bow of the Fifth Column, um who's a bit of an a bit of an anarchist uh, an ex military contractor um uh but uh you know he 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 talks about the the inevitability of this um and and he he describes it as he he never says afghanistan he just says over there mm. um and that pretty much defines how the american public thinks about it but we're not connected to it and it's over there and we see our losses and i think the american public sees our losses in terms of uh dead american soldiers um and and not necessarily in money although i'm sure some think about the money of how much money we're pouring into uh, you know other worlds instead of you know uh, uh, uh you know giving money to other countries instead of spending it on ourselves when we have problems of our own that sort of thing
0: matthias how's it uh talked about in in germany
1: actually i have a question for you or better actually I have a question for your wife but since she <laughs> since she isn't here i have to ask you uh, because you said um that uh, people in finland and other countries are now now afraid that uh, the u.s w- won't be there for them or and is that really something new though because if i think back to the last 20 years uh, that's not really a new sentiment is it remember that uh, at least i don't know for finland but at least for germany and france um remember that donald rumsfeld called uh, that the old europe and the one you don't rely on and the don- the one who doesn't don't matter anymore so is that really something that's just now obvious
0: uh I don't think it's a precise sentiment. It's not like, oh, there is this thing that will happen, and this thing happened, and in this case, they did this. But um, there's the the feeling, maybe, especially here, where you're so close to to Russia still. And you know, I know I t- I'm talking to a German uh, about this, but during the Cold War, um, the U.S. was very much. It, it's interesting. I, I've been listening to a fascinating series it's in french uh about the 80s and uh what it there is a, a big part on um on Ronald Reagan and how he approached the fight uh, the cold war and the fight against, against communism um yep. and that i think is still it, it can't leave the mind of some people in certain age groups i guess And it was the U.S. versus, you know, the USSR. And so in that context, if something happens, there is the sentiment that the international community probably led by the U.N. and the U.S., um, you know, actually would not let something happen, um, even if it might have been contradicted anecdotally here and there. Um in, in the past 20, 30, 50 years. It's not like we think, oh, we can golly gee, it's so great that we have the US by our side because we can always count on our good friends in the U in America. That's not the kind of naive sentiment. But the the the, the withdrawal from Afghanistan is like when people were going in, everyone was thinking, well. This is going to be a shit show. And and once you put your finger in it, you can't take it out because then the floodgates open. And I don't know. I don't know, man. You're you're it's just the way Sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to spoil no, the it's... mood again. I feel no, like no, there's an not...
2: analogy here though. Like is there is there this sentiment like uh I don't know, this is horrible, but like 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 the US is some sort of um alcoholic dad who's sober now but every but like it's that like are they going to go back to their old ways or 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 they've just been unreliable or maybe they're a dead, deadbeat dad and it's just like we don't <laughs> trust them and we keep hoping and we we don't we're not going to let go of that relationship but we are also resentful <laughs> of that relationship at I, the same time
0: I wouldn't go that far I th- I think there's I think there's a sentiment in Europe that is very anti-American um in mm-hmm. because of what we've learned you know all of the real politics things and, and the uh things that the the um NSA and 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 CIA right. and all those you know manipulations and things when it came out uh, it when it became more clear maybe in the 90s and around that time um that this was happening okay, So you're talking like
2: cold world uh cold world cold war uh, era stuff versus yeah. like snowden era stuff
0: yeah yeah cold war cold war era um and and but, but i guess snowden uh factors into it as well but it, i think it eroded uh the trust in in the u.s to an unreasonable extent in some people. And I think, uh, you'll tell me if I'm wrong, uh, Matthias, but I, I feel like you're of the opinion that, well, you can never trust the US about anything for anything and fuck them, kind of. Maybe I editorialized a little bit at the end there. Um, but I, I, I think that is, an an uh, you know, it goes to the other extreme. Obviously, you can't trust them for everything all the time. But also, it's not like, it's not like they're this big... Evil empire, to to you know, use another Reagan phrase, uh, but it's not like they're they're completely evil and they do things just to be bad and they only oh. love money and they they shower. We don't with, do anything
2: with... to be bad, right? We just do things in our interest, which maybe yeah. aligns with yours.
0: Exactly, exactly, and it feels like in this case, it is so condemning the 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 the, the, the Afghan people, like. Yeah. it it's it's it it's almost objectively immoral if that makes sense and again this is me you know it's like yes it's an impossible situation yes you it wasn't the goal when you first started this war and yes if you stay you might have to stay for 30 years but if you leave this is what happens and this is like factual yeah. this is what happens and people are going to die and be victimized and this and, and and so even though that choice is very difficult the consequences you know them before you you withdraw and you still decide to withdraw and the consequences are what they are so you bear some responsibility for it i, I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes it you know more clear or better or, or worse but that's why it feels worse than other things that matthias might have you know might be thinking about
2: I I really just want to know, like, like, from like, my perspective as like, okay, our president made this choice, essentially, again, right? Like, he could have reversed Trump's decision, his deadline, all that. And I really want to know, and we probably won't know until after he's out of office and writes a book or whatever. Um, I want to know what the conversation was of like and why like what is the decision of like why not stay and is it because well the hard decision was already made and we all know this is the right decision quote unquote and uh but it's just not the politically uh convenient decision to make but trump made it so we're gonna just not do anything about it
0: i I mean it is biden's decision to not reverse it right he could i know but i totally agree it falls (laughs) on his head but yeah matthias what you...
1: But when it comes to the, uh, you mentioned the opinion on of on the US from a European perspective. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it's an up and down and up and down uh, a bit. But uh, what's different from the Cold War era is the looming threat of the Soviet Union and the US as your last line of defense when it comes to uh, protecting against the US. Because even during the Cold War, there were a There's lot of uh, times... There.
0: Sorry, you you said protecting against the U.S., which I thought was a lovely Freudian slip.
1: Okay. Uh, (laughs) 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 Well, against the USSR. Sorry. Okay. So, um, but even during the Cold War, even when you had this uh, positive, so-called aspect that uh, the U.S. will always be there to defend you, there were always times when people were had. Low opinion on the U.S., for example, during yeah. Vietnam and stuff like that. Of course. But uh, since the uh, Cold War ended, this background sympathy, I, I don't know how to call it, but this this last line uh, is no longer there. And uh, since it's a complicated and changing world, it's always an up and down. So uh, during George W. Bush's reign, it was a low point. Then Obama came, it was a bit better. Then Trump came low 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 point and now with biden it's getting a little bit better but it's always an up and down for me at least or uh, that's the um and and that's not necessarily only the democrat republican line dividing line for some people uh, mm-hmm. that might be but in this case it's, it's mostly that uh, the policies are uh, different in this mm-hmm. regard and if the um Mission in Afghanistan was never a very popular, popular one in Germany, but it was. But at least this one we took part in. And then you remember when in 2003, when the US invaded Iraq, Germany and France said, "No, we don't join yeah. you in this uh, mission." That's a yeah, difference. Yeah, that,
0: that's why. That's why I, I I said earlier it's very different from Iraq. That Afghanistan was justified uh, in the eyes of many people, whereas Iraq was. Well, as we've learned with certainty uh, afterwards, was absolutely not. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's more, as we've established, I think it's more um, difficult to have a, a final opinion on it than it is when you have your gut reaction. But the what I what I end on when I think about it is, you know. There was military presence, and and the withdrawal of that presence is having the consequences that we we've seen, and that is unescapable. So, and that you know, I mean, you know, it's easy for me to say now. I, I'm if I was asked, you know, would you give up this for to save the Afghan people? I would be like, well, yes, cool. Just I can, you know, I. I i don't get a, a new it's a completely random thing but like if you give up your comforts like your next iphone you don't get it and the afghan people are safe okay cool and then it's like okay but now there are issues in this country and this country and that like you can't save everyone uh, i don't know where i'm going with this but uh, it's it feels like um it's easy to get not outraged that's not the, to 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 get despaired over this when i don't have stakes i guess like i don't know i don't know um all right let's let's talk about do, do you guys have other topics that you want to bring up um before we wanted finish to the show add
1: something Oh, go uh, ahead. It's interesting that you, as a Frenchman, are actually so positive about the U.S. Because historically, France wasn't very keen on uh, working with uh, the U.S. Uh, in uh, I remember the Gaulle and uh, all of that. So uh, it's just interesting I mean, that you are so positive.
0: I'm. I think I'm more realistic than many people are. That's how I like to think of myself. Um, but you know. France not being a friends of, friends of the U S is is certainly has some truth to it, but also, like I could end the sentence there. But also, like we work with the U S all the time. We have a lot of exchanges. Like we're we're I think we're. You could well, say that about Germany, your people right? And
2: your government, right?
0: Yeah, not even like there's this this like latent sentiment that oh the, the Americans the US and then you listen to american rap you watch american movies you you're permeated by the culture that you appreciate it's not like oh they're invading us and we hate them it's like yeah the 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 kids who will you know spit on america i maybe they don't do that but then they'll turn around and and listen to i don't know who the the you know the the kids listen to these days but uh <laughs> american Rappers, and, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say like the weekend and and you know the I don't know R Kelly. Is that ten years ago? Oh,
2: um, ooh, ooh, oh, bad, bad these days. Very bad. Yeah.
0: Okay, um, Jay Z and uh, Doja Cat and uh, you know that kind of people. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know. I think there's. It's easy to hate America and. To to maybe put a bow on it, it's easy to hate America, but you wouldn't want it gone. Like, you know, Mm. if it wasn't there, things wouldn't be as as. And and again, you were talking about De Gaulle, Matthias. You know, when he showed up uh, in you know when he gained prominence in in the French political scene, he wouldn't have been there without the U.S. And I think that is something that uh, some of those people are happy to forget until they need to remember it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll be curious to see how Biden is remembered. Maybe he was like, okay, let's do it early in the presidency. We have to do it. Otherwise, we'll be there for 50 years. Let's do it now. Uh, and within the like midterms, we'll have done something else that people will like
2: yeah we have very short memories
0: how about another topic if you have one um i i i'm spent personally like i think that's the difference with even a couple of years ago and 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 when you were on the show john before it's mm-hmm. like thinking about all of these things takes up all of our energy <laughs> and and it's like you have COVID and Afghanistan and the threat of Russia, which is deteriorating and Navalny being, you know, taken away. And you have China, which is reverting to some things. And you have like the sexual harassment issues in the video games industry, which is world shattering as well for some people. And like, it's...
2: Uh, I meant to ask you about that, but we won't talk about it.
0: Yeah, let's not. I, I spent like two weeks talking about it on Twitter and on all of my shows. Um, go listen to Pixels if you want to know what I what I think about it. Um,
1: and on top of all French. of this, and on top of all of this, there's also the threat of climate change. Oh so, right! That,
0: all right! All right! Come <laughs> on! Come no, on! You know, that that was part of it, of course, Matthias. Like it's it's completely part of it, and uh, and it's not even the it threat. Has, it has it been
1: is the in the news so much the yeah. last last few months. I mean, here yeah, in Germany, right. we had the huge floodings. There are wildfires all over the place. Siberia is burning. The North Pole is darkened by a, a smoke from Siberia. Uh, there was the hottest ever recorded temperature in uh, was it Italy or I think yeah. it was Sicily, yeah. And uh, like the U.S. is uh, fire wildfires in the U.S. flooding in the U.S. Hurricane. And in my Haiti. blood pressure is spiking. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so let's. Um, I have I have a local I have a local story. There you uh, go. In my go local
2: town, in my town, I just read an article because I, for this, I was like, all right, what's actually going on locally? And uh, I just read that uh, a company called Pet Suites is opening up a new uh, 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 building or whatever operation in our town. And so we're getting a big, like, boarding, daycare, and training facility for our pets. <laughs> um, and uh, we need it because, um, uh, i i could talk more at this length privately or or separately or wherever but the 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 it's been very interesting to watch the impact the actual mental health impact on our pets um (laughs) that COVID has had um uh us being around more they've become more nervous they've become like if we leave it all like they start freaking out and barking like they never had before stuff like that so we've got to start getting them more used to being away from us and yeah. as we start to get back to some level of normal um and uh yeah so i'm i'm looking forward to um uh not having to to watch them non-stop and have them yell at me literally one of them <laughs> is just taken to screaming at me all day that's it all day that, long
0: that sounds uh incredibly familiar from 3 <laughs> years ago with my son uh I'm trying to think. Except of... this doesn't go away. Right. <laughs>
2: I've got, I mean, a shorter lifespan, sure, but it's, uh, I, it, it, they don't
0: grow up. <laughs> that does make sense. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to be a positive thing. Uh, I guess it isn't.
2: I know, it just went turned back around.
0: <laughs> no, but it's a good thing. Yeah, it's pets. yay. We're
2: going to get yay. them out of the house. They're going to see other dogs. They're going to socialize more. It's going to be Fantastic.
1: great. Fantastic. Interesting question, though, um, because that has been a news report over here a lot. Did you guys also have in in your respective countries uh, the trend that since everyone was at home and in lockdown and working from home, that a lot of people got pets and now they want to get rid of them? Because uh, they
0: realize.
2: Come on, man.
0: I thought you were going to stop after a lot of people got (laughs) pets and they're so happy (laughs) and it's helping their mental health. No, No. No. Uh, No, no, the
2: euthanasia (laughs) rates have spiked. Blah, blah, blah. uh, Come on. This is the most fatalistic conversation I've ever had.
0: (laughs) All right, Matthias. Now your job is to find (laughs) one good thing to say to end the show.
1: Yes. I have another thing, but I'm not sure if it's positive. Well, it's positive. If you like podcasts, I have a podcast you could listen to. It's not a fun topic, but at least you have a new podcast to listen to.
0: Okay, let's go with that.
1: uh, uh, you might remember that in 2017, there was a news report about a German army officer posing as a refugee and planning to commit terrorist attacks in order to undermine the society and destabilize the political system. But uh, before he could execute his plans, he got arrested because he he had stashed a gun at an airport and that was found accidentally. And uh, we even briefly talked about this here on the show back when it was the, broke the news, but... Um, Since it was only very fresh back then, there weren't many details known, but uh, in May this year, the trial uh, of this officer has started and the New York Times actually launched a podcast about him, uh, his terrorist plot and the surrounding far-right scene, and even got to interview him and talk to him about what he was planning so, uh, if you're interested in hearing more about this, uh, you could check it out. It's called Day X, and you can probably find it wherever you listen to podcasts. And it's in English. So, if you want to hear more about this, that might be a new podcast you can listen to.
0: Day X.
1: Yes, because uh, the Day X, um, the prepper scene and the terrorist group over here was planning for a supposed Day X where everything bad would happen, like uh, the government would fall and everything, and that's their event they Mm. were planning for. So the New York Times took that as their title for the podcast.
0: All right, Day X. You know what? I also have a podcast to recommend, Um, and it's in keeping with my... um, my pushing of the idea that facts matter and that you need to be knowledgeable about what is actually happening. Um, the podcast is called, and I forgot the name of the podcast. Damn it. Wait a second. I'll find it. Um, uh, I'll find it right now. I'm finding it right now. Um, it is called Rationally Speaking um it's a really great show and i would recommend in particular uh the episode about um about uber and lyft um that 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 has three interviews with different people who have um studied the topic and whether or not it, the the companies are exploiting the drivers or not and and it's really fascinating because it doesn't go at it with an angle it 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 explores its biases very uh consciously and and questions itself and you know the the opinions of each person very uh, uh openly and i think that is the kind of of mindset that we need um and that we we you know would benefit from definitely so um yeah, it, I would recommend you listen to "Rationally Speaking," the podcast with Julia Gallif, is the researcher and book uh, author that uh, that edits it. "Rationally Speaking." All right. Uh, unless anyone else has anything positive to say, um, there are good things in the world. There are many good things yes. still. We're surviving. We'll we'll make it um and uh we have fun video games and movies and and stuff watch ted lasso i, I think if you haven't seen ted oh, lasso oh, so good matthias have you ever watched ted lasso nope okay this is your assignment for whatever next time is watch ted lasso it it's, will make uh, your life better apple tv plus yes just
2: to be aware
0: uh you're you probably hate apple um, but...
1: <laughs> yes because apple is surveilling us i hate apple
0: yes and so you use an android device from google who is not surveilling us um no but i mean if you find your a way to get your hands on on the ted lasso uh, show i assure you it will it will make your life better um yep. okay
1: so uh, describe it for everyone listening who doesn't know what ted lasso is
0: I do not want to because it's better left as a surprise. Oh, uh, not- you
1: could, I, yeah. I, you ahead. could give like the, the
2: the like because the first well, episode it's in the first five seconds, which is okay. basically a coach. I don't, I don't even remember what he coached, but um, like a football coach who like had a big an American comeback football, in the
0: football coach.
2: Yep, American, uh, an Amer, an American American football coach. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> uh, the um uh uh, basically had this big comeback it gets hired by a football uh (laughs) uh, team in uh uh in the uk uh to to be their new coach uh and he's never even played uh in the american vernacular soccer um (laughs) and comedy ensues
0: and it's not the thing the reason i don't want to this, describe the show is that some people might think, oh, sports, I don't like it. You know, it's not for me, football, I don't care. I, I assure you, it, it, the, the brilliance of the show has nothing to do with football. And mm-hmm. it is, you know, I think it's the only show I've ever seen which makes you feel good. It's oh, not, it's so positive. It, it's not funny. Like, it's not going to amuse you like a comedy would and you'll feel better because you're laughing. That's not what it is. It makes you feel good, like you feel happy when you watch it. Please watch Ted Lasso. Right, John? Like, you agree. It's it's incredible.
2: Yes, absolutely. I did not know what to expect. I watched it because it was like 27 Emmys or something ridiculous. (laughs) And I was like, okay, what's happening? And I binged the first season straight into the second season. It was so good.
0: All right, so Matthias, we'll be waiting to see uh, what you think if you manage to to watch it. All right. And that's going to be it uh, for the show. Thank you so much, John and Matthias, for being with me and uh, keeping me somewhat sane. If we want to uh, find you on the internet, uh, where would we go? I'm going to ask John first.
2: Uh, I mean... I don't even hardly use, like, Twitter or any of the social networks anymore other than occasional Facebook for some stuff. But I will plug one thing. Um, in my spare time, I am uh, producing and editing and also being on it, uh, uh, my wife's uh, YouTube channel, uh, which is a about uh, smart dolls, which are basically, like, two-foot-tall anime, like doll slash action figures okay um and uh that is my lady disdain uh on on youtube um it's really interesting stuff uh if you're interested in anime or uh dolls or collecting stuff whatever we did a, a whole supergirl unboxing thing there It was a lot of fun
0: okay cool my lady disdain uh on youtube excellent yep uh thank you john what about you matthias
1: If you want to talk to me about all the stuff that is fine, you can find me on Twitter (laughs) at at Matzekult, M-A-T-Z-E-K-U-L-T. And if you're using Mastodon, you can find me under the same handle on these um, instance, chaos.social.
0: Perfect. Actually named also uh chaos.social yeah Uh, (laughs) for me it's not patrick on twitter facebook and instagram but most of all if you want to support the show uh you can do so on patreon patreon.com slash the phileas club is where you would go the people who do that have shown according to independent verified studies a significant increase in uh happiness for supporting cool content maybe um that might oh, not you be you had true. it there
2: you're so close Oh well, so almost well. you just uh, had to commit to it all the way to the <laughs> end
0: <laughs> but uh if you do it i guarantee that you might not regret it uh, patreon.com slash the club this is how the show is uh put together is is uh, financed this is how i eat and feed my children um so if you appreciate what we do here patreon.com slash the Thank you so much, and we will be back, hopefully, uh, in a few weeks. Talk to you then. Bye.